Again, welcome to all of the alumni that have been with us, that are with us today, have been with us this weekend. And a little moment maybe to share a fun story since uh, the students and alumni were all together. I um, have hired someone at St. John Paul II Parish and not knowing that this would ever be my future. She said she lived in the closet when she went to school at USD. And I thought, closet? And I didn't grace the doors too often when I was here, so I wasn't quite aware that there was this closet. And so I arrive here, and what do you find? You got the bedroom, and you got the garage, and you got the different things, and then there's this closet. <laughs> it's like a hallway, actually. And, be, and then there's the curtain rod that's hanging there. I'm like, oh, and that was like where she hung her clothes, probably. And I just thought, how did people live here? <laughs> it's not a bedroom now. It's storing things. Yesterday, a man uh, by the name of Sid, and I believe his wife uh, is Elizabeth, stopped. And they wanted to see a special room. The closet. And he said, this was mine. I applied to live at the Newman Center, and there was one bedroom down below, but somebody else applied, and they actually needed it financially to live here. And so I said, well, he can live in that room. Can I live in this room? And they said, it's a closet. (laughs) I said, well, I'll clean it out. And so he did. And it became known as Sid's Closet. 30 years later, this young girl I hire is still living in Sid's Closet, (laughs) but has no idea of the origin of what it is that she was living. What a beautiful thing to hear this story and to see this uh, Sid so excited to see what he did, but more beautiful to see how he could see the decision that was made, the way in which things worked continued. And isn't that what we experience in different times in our lives when we see that we are the continuation of something or we see that the contribution that we made continues? And isn't this why we celebrate a homecoming? This is why we belong to a place that we say, this is my alma mater, because we both realize this is a place in which I received something, but this is also a place in which I contributed something that continues. And what a beautiful thing it is to be a human being, to know I belong to that place. And it isn't a belonging in which we all have to stay here. It's a belonging in which we realize something happened that no matter where I move, This thing stays in me. That the Newman Center has had a contribution to my life, but the Newman Center has helped me contribute also to the life that we are living. So it was a beautiful gift to receive the many stories from the alumni, but it's been a beautiful gift in these days too, uh, and in the time being here, to see the remarkable ways in which you all contribute to the university. Right? You have received an education and you are already able to contribute back to the place that has given you something, right? To see, I was uh, going out and I saw uh, Andrew from the band sitting there in the band and looking down and, and going over to the music concert and Julie is there and, uh, and Charles, our pianist, uh, is there watching everybody, listening to them and uh, to go to the football games and to be able to know at least a few people by name and to go to the track meet and be like, oh yeah, all of those, that's the second row at 11 o'clock mass. <laughs> okay. 
And in so many ways, right? To see, like, you're going on the Instagram post and there's Veronica, like, putting things away, you know? And she's like, oh, but that was like a year ago. And isn't it true, though, that something that we contribute, if we're looking for immediate response, if we're looking for it, God has a way of purifying things in which we contribute something, but maybe later on it's the thing that comes back around in a different way than what we expect. Right? And the Christian life is to be surprised by the unexpected, to recognize that the, the desires that I have that aren't even being answered, somehow they get answered differently than what I would have. But the differently is the way in which we know that it is God that did this thing. And yet he did it through a human circumstance that someone without faith could just look at and say, oh yeah, A plus B equals C. But with faith we say, human beings who entrust themselves to God receive the fullness of peace, find a home. And so we can all say that this has been a home for us. My biggest surprise of all of D-Days is that the greatest excitement was that we got first place in the float. <laughs> what a joy. What a joy to belong. Our reading, second reading in particularly, provides us a very powerful place to unpack a provoking word right at the beginning, to have no anxiety. Right? Anxiety, a word that rings true to almost everyone in today's age. A word of anxiety that many of us live in such ways that we even forget that maybe there's a way to do without it. But St. Paul was speaking into a world that had its own anxieties. And God is using St. Paul to speak to us today, to have no anxiety. And yet we might be provoked to say, well, what? How is that possible? He tells us, if we unpack this powerhouse of a reading, he says in the beginning, make known to God. Make known to God. I'm always a little frustrated when my spiritual director, I'll bring him like all my junk. And I'll be say, have you prayed about it? I'll be like, Well, no, but (laughs) why are you, now I have to, do I lie to him? (laughs) Why would I lie to him? Because I don't want him to think that like I'm not praying. Isn't that something? The, The one God gives me to most help me, I don't even want to be honest with. But the truth of the matter is, no, I haven't prayed about it. I just want to complain. I want you to solve my problem. And you see, this is the way God works. He knows it. He's like, yes, I gave you a spiritual director so that you could have a place to discuss your problem, to bring your problem to light. But he's not going to answer it. I am, John. So you've got to bring it to me. And yes, we do so through having people in our lives who we can bring the things that we want to bring to God. But we can stop short of them and forget to go to him. To realize that ultimately he is the one I need to speak to. He is the one I have to talk to about what's happening. And how forgetful I can be in that regard. But St. Paul reminds us, have no anxiety, but bring everything to God. And what? With gratitude. 
with gratitude. What are we grateful for? To think through the things we're grateful for, to recognize the ways in which we've been blessed, right? If you haven't seen this, you're going to see it often. I've shown this before. This is my little book that I keep my gratitudes in, the things that I'm grateful God's done for me. Why do I do that? Because it's it, like when I really need to be grateful, the last thing I have in my head is like, oh, I'm so grateful. No, I'm like, get me out of here. But then I go to bed at night and this book is sitting by my chair. And it's really easy to just open it up and to be like, oh, my word. You have been good to me. Oh, wow. Why am I afraid? You always figure a way back into my life. Ah, I remember wanting this. And you answered the prayer differently than I would have. I'm so grateful to have you in my life, Lord. Bring everything to God. Be grateful. And then what does he say? He goes on and he says the most incredible words. Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is gracious, whatever is of excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. I don't know about you, but if someone were to see inside my head, these eight words would not be a primary occupation between these two ears. No wonder I'm filled with anxiety. Whatever is honorable, true, just, pure, lovely, gracious, excellent, worthy of praise. Think on these things. Right? And I can already feel myself more able to do that. After I read these things when I'm in a tough spot and I go to bed, I at least have a few things in my head that aren't of my doing, but are of God's. When I have an ability to be open to the surprise, I can start my day not thinking that just if I'm in anxiety or worry or fear that that's the end. And have confidence that, Lord, I need to remain open because you're going to show up. And then thirdly, St. Paul says, now what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. See, we have it backwards. We have reality hit us, and then we think we got to start doing something. We have things that we wish were different, and we think it's up to us. But the Christian life is to say, no, first, let everything provoke you, but then turn to God. And after turning to God, be grateful. And then what you receive, what you have seen, Think about these things and from the change of our mind. St. Paul talks about that. He says, a transformation of my mind is what I'm after. And after being transformed of my mind, then I have greater clarity about what it is I should do. See, I just jump from like the provocation to what I should do. And I don't even know if that's actually the right thing. (laughs) 
But if I give that space, I see, ah, go here or don't go there or be patient here or don't worry there. And then at the conclusion of all of that, what does St. Paul say? Then the God of peace will be with you. And notice, he doesn't say the peace of God will be with you. He says the God of peace. He's here. The one who created you is present now. And sure, the signs are of peace, but it's him. And when we begin to recognize this life we've been given, we sort of are able to see this vineyard in a whole different way. The first reading in the gospel are this great vineyard. And we can think, I got to make sure my vineyard produces fruit. But my friends, the fruit is the conclusion of the journey. The first thing I need to do is realize that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment spoken about in in the gospel. He is the vineyard. He is the one who will make life fruitful. He is the one who has taken on this great burden. That's not me or you. But being united to him, I have a different way of thinking. And I can see that the relationship of the vintered is different now. And so instead of having a watchtower, right? He's talking about a watchtower. And we can think about someone being at the top of that watchtower, looking down, being like, hey, you aren't doing it very well over there. And how many of us live that way? Like thinking there's someone watching me and we can be afraid. That's not the God who created us. What it is, is in Jesus Christ, we realize one has already begun to do something that's a harvest I couldn't do on my own. And that we have someone up on the watchtower that's looking out for us. That's raining blessings down upon us. And sometimes that's in the form of rain and sometimes that's in the form of sun. Sometimes that's in the form of barrenness when he wants to prune things from our lives. And sometimes that's when he just makes the soil fruitful and nourishing. Sometimes that's in the way things go in which we can see this is what I want. And sometimes the way God blesses us and watches out for us is doesn't let the things happen that we want. And in time, as we live this way and allow grace to transform us, we see that we have someone looking out upon us. And he looks down at us and he says, well done, good and faithful servants. And even when we're lost, he sort of is up there saying, ah, You look a little lost, but I see you. Let us close our eyes for a moment. What are you grateful for? Share that right now with God as you would a trusted friend. What in your life recently has given you joy and goodness and peace? Acknowledge to him you understand this is his gift to you. 
Maybe you feel like you're lost. Share that with him. He looks down upon you. And he's speaking to us through St. Paul and saying, think about these things. Do what I have given you the grace to. And the God of peace will be with you today.